Welcome back to Over Here. My name is Nick Finzer, and we are back with another edition of the This Is Jazz playlist. We're talking with Alan Blanchard, who has been working for Outside In Music for the last couple of years, and he's the curator of this Outside In Music playlist called This Is Jazz Today. And what we do is we kind of search around the internet for some of the best albums that are available on Spotify. We focus on Spotify. Uh, So it's not our records. It's not all outside in music artists. It's all artists from all across uh, the jazz and creative music genres. And uh, there's a great playlist and we're going to get right to the conversation. If you want to find the playlist, just search for This Is Jazz Today. And it's connected to the Outside In Music account on Spotify. So just search for that on Spotify subscribe share it with your friends if you like what you hear there's a lot of music on there we've compiled every month's episode uh, on the same playlist so there's actually uh, august july june may april march february and january so there's 10 tracks for each month so it's a nice long playlist if you're looking for some jazz to check out some new music to check out it's all there without further ado here is my conversation with alan blanchard all right we're back with alan blanchard we're talking about the brand new This Is Jazz Today playlist covering a bunch of releases that came out in August of 2018, and it's now September, kind of looking back and checking out some of this music. So, Alan, thanks for being here, and thanks for putting together the playlist. Yeah, of course. I mean, once again, thanks for having me. It's always uh, fun to see what's, you know, the new releases and whatnot. Yeah, so this time it seems like there's a lot of not only stuff that's American from the States, but a lot of stuff you found from some artists that are you know, not from here. Yeah. Um, the, you know, there were definitely a couple. Uh, like I found this Gunter one that's um, on here because I know Till Broner, the trumpet player. Um, but, yeah, there's like we were just talking about, there's a lot of people who, you know, maybe now they live in the States, but originally they're not from the States or something. Um, so that's been that's been interesting because I'm sure you'll agree, you know, like this European like jazz trio or quartet stuff that's going on is it's fairly different than what you normally would hear over here. So it's cool to hear perspectives. Yeah, they're definitely kind of coming out of, you know, the Keith Jarrett stuff of the 70s on ECM and kind of went kind of on their own way and kind of developed a different sound than the trios and the groups that we have over here, for sure. Right. Um, All right, so let's start with, uh, well, not necessarily rated number 10 in terms of quality, but just in terms of this list. We have uh, a great tenor saxophonist who I've played with in New York. Yeah, so um, it's funny that you say that though, because on the track that I picked, uh, she's actually singing. Oh, funny! Um, I just so the track is I just found out about love off of uh, her second record, um, which is on Chesky Records, mm-hmm. and so you know she sings on the record on the record and she plays sax on it and whatnot. Um, and it, you know, I also checked this out because of the trumpet player Jeremy Pelts on. Um, and that's Camille Thurman. We didn't mention her name yet. Yeah. Oh, yeah, right. Sorry, Camille Thurman. Uh, I just have a list in front of me, and so it's, you know. But um, it was actually weird because my one complaint that I originally had with this when I was first listening to it, you know, had nothing to do with the playing. But if um, the audio quality is, like, a little different, the mix on it. Uh, and it just so happened, you know, when I was revisiting this, um, that I read that I guess Chesky Records, that they're changing how they're recording, like, this new jazz series they're doing where they're recording everything with just a single mic. Oh, is that um, right? Yeah, and it's the, if trying to get, you know, as close of an effect as you can. I guess you could say like a three-dimensional live type feeling. Mm-hmm. 
Um, so, you know, people listening, you might enjoy that. You might not. It definitely took me a second to get accustomed to because, you know, especially with like modern day recordings, you expect everything to be a little bit more EQ and balanced across the board so you can hear everything. And it kind of gives uh, Jeremy, when he's playing, this um, echo, spacious type sound that sometimes you could hear on like, you know, older Woody Shaw recordings or something like that. Uh, so it's interesting. It's interesting. I, I've grown to like it more, but uh, that's just a, a, a word of uh, a forewarning for anyone that's checking this out. But besides that, you know, it's it's straight ahead. It grooves hard. It's a great band uh, there, and it's just all around a great album. You know, and it's nice to see uh, Camille playing sax, but also singing on some of these tracks, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Chesky Records, the guy David Chesky that runs it, is known for his uh, audiophile experimentation. And they used to only put tracks up on, um, there's a website called HD Tracks that they, okay. they only sell like 96 hertz, like super high quality downloads. And uh, he was, uh, they were always known for, you know, kind of being one of the pioneer jazz labels to, to do that. But so that's interesting that they're kind of switching it up and trying to yeah. do it like this. Supposedly the best way to hear it is through uh, through headphones, and they're trying to reproduce like what someone would hear from a record with a nice stereo system, mm-hmm. and that kind of you know single microphone sound through headphones, and how he mixes the channels, and it's way more than I understand, but that's what he's going for. <sighs> nice. All right, let's keep yeah. going. Let's move on to the next artist that I'm sure neither of us really know how to say, but I'm going to let you try. Yeah, thanks. Us. Thanks. You're thanks for giving me. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Again, anyone listening, forgive me for mispronouncing this. I'll also spell it so someone knows it better. It works out. Um, I think it's Trigiv Sim. He's uh, a saxophonist uh, from Norway, if I remember right, it's over, or at least over in Europe. And uh, his first name is T-R-Y-G-V-E, last name S-E-I-M. Uh, so what he did was he put out this album called Helsinki Songs. And all of it in some ways is uh, – all the compositions are influenced by these folk songs, which I thought was really cool because, uh, you know, even I remember when I was in like music history and whatnot, when we got more into this era where they were starting to check out different cultures and like a worldly aspect, it was interesting to hear, uh, you know, different cultures, folk music and, and how it influences where they go. So, uh, the band is all over. There's, they're from Finland, or, uh, Norway, Estonia. Um, but the album's, uh, quartet and it certainly has like you're mentioning that uh you know that keith jarrett vibe um but it's just it, it's very folky but given with like a almost a uh like an avant-garde type jazz approach to it which was cool you know it definitely has maybe some uh brad meldow influence or like uh avi Cohen, the trumpet player influence in it mm-hmm. um and i think people that are that are into more more that maybe more um you know, it goes const- it goes in and out from where maybe like the bass and, and the piano and the sax are all playing lines that are unison or at least all very together where they're at to to you know moments where it's more free and open and then it kind of weaves back and forth through that. So it's kind of it's a, for me at least it's a nice balance where it's not the entire thing is is avant garde and free where where you know you got to be you have to be aware of that the entire time. But they're able to expand it and then bring it back in to kind of refocus you and then. Uh, you know, expand it again. 
Yeah, it's been like a huge kind of inf- influx of it's kind of these kind of groups. I know at the Rochester Jazz Festival, which was the festival that I grew up with, they started and they've maintained it like a Scandinavian stage, you know, like all yeah. bands from that part of the world and playing music similar to what uh, you're describing. And uh, so there's a, a, definitely a sound there, you know, the kind of like a little bubble of, of influence of that, that area of the world. And do you think, is there any like kind of like Frizzell kind of stuff in there too, or is it? Yeah, I would say so. I, I definitely think so. Um, I, it wasn't the first person that I would have jumped to when mm-hmm. I was listening to it, but now that you mention it, yeah, I would definitely uh, say that that's in there a little bit. I just heard more of maybe um, even, uh, maybe some even like influence from like the bad plus. Oh, sure. Or, or in that type, which was, it's good because, you know, the times that that kind of playing regularly shows up in what I'm listening to is uh, few and far between, you know? Mm-hmm. So it's cool to be able to take that. And there are certainly some tracks on the album, because I listen, you know, I listened to a couple of them, that are more free and avant-garde, and then others that are more, I don't want to say structured, but, you know, structured and tries to follow more of that folk influence. Nice. Well, it sounds like a good, you know, challenge for the, average listener that they uh they might enjoy so let's very go, much let's keep going uh one of is he i don't know how where does he rank on your trumpet uh hierarchy Tim um he reminds me uh and i'm gonna drop another obscure name who i think that you'll know um he kind of reminds me of um pete minger pete minger oh, wow okay pete minger played with the basie band um, I don't know if he was originally from Florida, but after he retired towards the, the later part of his life, he was down in South Florida. Um, he was a great flugelhorn player, and he had like this really rich and dark sound. Um, but he was able to just play like smooth, effortless lines that were like even um, like the articulation was. He, he slurred a lot of it, but like the articulation was like as smooth as like Clark Terry or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and Till Broner kind of reminds me of that that school of thought. Uh, he every time he plays, he um, exploits the the horn and, and all technical facilities. So what this album is is it's actually Gunther Baby Somer's record featuring Till Broner. And supposedly there's like a, a series that he's going to release um, that's duos. Mm-hmm. And so this is drums and trumpet duo. But what really caught my attention about it, because, uh, dr- you know, listening to drums and trumpet duo is a hard <laughs> task for an entire album. Sure. Um, but it's not limited to just drum set. So it might be better to describe it as percussion and trumpet, because in this one, uh, it starts off with drums and trumpet. But then it almost gets to a point um, where it sounds like he's playing like those uh, the percussion instrument that like the Blue Man group uses, where he's like hitting pipes. Okay, and it's able to create pitches. Yeah, it, it's it's odd to describe. I don't know how to, but it's it's like he's hitting pipes, and they all have different pitches. So it's cool because he he starts to they uh, kind of get into a point where they're playing less melodies and more colors with like really extended techniques and and whatnot. And it's just it's cool to see how uh, Gunter um, goes through different instruments to a lot of uh, different sections rather than just hearing you know. Um, a drum set and trumpet and how that, that's approached towards almost more like, I mean, it certainly has jazz and it certainly sounds like jazz, but you can almost look at it as like a new age, you know, 
classical piece or something that you would see like trumpet and percussion ensemble. Oh, okay. But it's just the duo of them. Mm-hmm. Nice. So, yeah. And now, and then the next track you have, this will be number, let's see, 10, 9, 8, this is 7. Yeah. Luciana Salza. There you go, Luciana Salza. Um, I first was introduced to her, uh, gosh, I know I'm getting late to it, but it must have been uh, October of last year when John Faddis had mentioned her to me, and he's like, love her singing. So I was like, you know, sure, whatever, I'll check it out when someone like that suggested. Um, and she's just great, has a nice, smooth voice and very enjoyable to listen to. And so she just released this album on Sunnyside Records, um, and it's actually what was interesting when – you know, because when I look at these up, I always look at the album, see who's on it, you know, read whatever description is, is put out or whatnot. And this is actually a song cycle that she put together on the album, um, which features some poetry by like Leonard Cohen and, and some poetry that she's written herself. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was really interesting to, to kind of listen to some of them, you know, back to back and see what I thought of it. It's so it's a trio though with her own voice and then Scott Colley or Coley on bass. Colley. And then uh, Chick Pinhero on guitar. I definitely might have mispronounced that one too. <laughs> um, and so I guess what happened was they originally recorded everything live, um, you know, back to back to back to back. And then they went back in and they overdubbed in some percussion into the uh, live recording. Um, but it's not necessarily like drum set percussion that you know that might get shaky or something like that so it still stays true to that that sound of the guitar bass and vocal trio um but it's certainly enjoyable to go through and hear this this concept of a song cycle you know outside of your classical voice and, and piano which is what you you know i think everyone commonly thinks of when they think of a song cycle you know mm-hmm. where they is the album is it about something in particular um i didn't see too much of a connection but and I, there are probably all already is um a lot of the poems uh that i listen to and whatnot seem to have something to do with you know the, the subject of romance or, or love in that way um and how we we, we cope with it and, and respond to it but i mean for all i know it could be something else um, but that's at least what I took from the, the ones that I listened to. I mean, I haven't had a chance to sit there and listen to all 10 yet, mm-hmm. but I'd certainly recommend it. Um, you know, the, the one I picked, these things seems to be one of the more popular tracks that, uh, you hear, but again, it's, it's very enjoyable to, to hear. And, you know, it's even though with, um, I know sometimes people say that if you have like a journalist trio, it, it gets too with the time becomes too fluctuating, but they actually keep it very, you know, rhythmic in in, in time as it goes on. So I enjoyed it a lot. I think people will if they if they like that the whole song cycle thing. I think it's just like an added bonus on top, you know. Yeah, you know, it's interesting. You you brought up the. I've been thinking about this all week. I was talking to um, Peter Nelson, one of the other artists on the label, and he, we were talking. We did an interview for the podcast uh, about his new album. And we were talking about the idea of the audience being able to interpret things versus the intent of the artist. And I've always thought it's very interesting, like how people perceive things versus how we intend them. And it comes down to a a conversation of like, does it even matter whether what you thought, because the audience is going to take away what they take away no matter what. I mean, I think, 
Yeah. Um, Go for it. it. Yeah, that's an interesting thought because I think as I as I have gotten older and time has gone on, um, I used to get really frustrated when, when I'd be like, "This is how so, you know I'm meant for something to be," and someone would be like, "No, I don't hear that at all." Uh-huh. Uh, but now, as I've gotten older, I think. Uh, I I enjoy the music more, or I think the music maybe does its job, quote unquote, better when it is able to have multiple interpretations. You know, when the artist can say like, "Hey, it's this," and when the different audience members can be like, "Well, we perceive it as this," because then that to me shows that it's it's more uh, I don't know multifaceted. You know, or, or it's able to to reach a wider wider spread than maybe you originally thought. And you know, I've, I know some people who said that. It's, it's kind of like when you hear one person play a standard versus another person plays a standard and it can inspire you to go to somewhere else. Yeah, totally. Yeah. It's just like, it's an, it's not that there's an answer. There's no answer and we don't need to delve too deep into it, but it's a, <laughs> it's a, it's an interesting thing as a, you know, as artists have put out music and write things and you think it's one thing. It's interesting to hear somebody say that it's about something else. So I'm sure that yeah. that could, that's uh it's probably interesting to her as well, but let's keep moving. Yeah. I, won't, I don't bog you down in this. I, You're good. These, these thoughts swirl around in my head, but uh, uh, we got to move here to one of my teachers, Steve Ture. Yeah. Um, and let me just preface. I did not pick this album because he's one of your teachers, <laughs> um, but uh, he released this album, the very thought of you. Um, and, I mean, I know this kind of goes against the reason to pick the album, but what really set this album apart for me was the rhythm section behind him. Mm. Um, because he has Kenny Barron, Buster Williams, and Willie Jones the third, And it's just, they create this, uh, at least on the track I picked, um, they have this Caroline in the, mo- in the morning, um, for those that are not looking at the playlist, or Carolyn, however it's pronounced. Um, they set up this really dark, and uh, uh, ambient sound, which I've always found myself like naturally attracted to. Like maybe if you thought of like the Joe Henderson, like Beatrice recording, or like some Nardis type recordings, you know that that more of a that more color scheme. Um, and I mean, Steve Torrey sounds great on it. Don't get me wrong, but I think it, you know the rhythm section and the other people that he's playing with on this album really help elevate it to a, to a whole new level. You know. Um, because just because whoever's out front, that's not going to make the entire band, you know? Um, and what's great about this is also on the record is George Coleman's featured on some tracks, Russell Malone's on some tracks, and he actually has strings on there too. Mm-hmm. So it was interesting for me because there's also not many records that I know of, at least that are coming out now where mostly a trombone is the only horn out front. Mm-hmm. Um, you see a lot of trombones, you know, like you. You're playing with tenor sax or trumpet some or whatever configuration you have. So it was cool to see that and see how he used the different colors of the trombone to mix with everything else. Um, and I mean, he still has some, of course, where he's playing with George Coleman. But again, I recommend it. Caroline in the Morning is uh, is kind of a nod to that J.J. Johnson tune mm-hmm. um, and his wife, Carolyn. So definitely recommend it he he has a lot of great compositions on there uh they do a take of yardbird suite and uh, danny boy um and in the september in the rain etc cetera, etc cetera. but it, you know it's alan smoke sessions uh definitely recommend checking it out great great recording overall nice and now we'll keep moving here a guy uh, i've also played with these guys but uh art hirahara 
Yeah, um, you know, I picked this record um, because honestly, I do not know. I did not know at least most of the other people on the record besides Donnie McClassen. Hmm. That was the name that first stuck out to me. Um, so I started listening to it, um, and it's it's a great record. It was actually really hard for me to pick um, a track off of it because so many of them. Um, kept your interest in one way or another for different reasons, you know? Um, so it's a great foundation from the trio and, and Donnie McLaughlin, as great of a sax player as he is, just weaves in and out of it the entire time. Um, and it's out on Positone Records, which I thought was really interesting because I didn't think that they were on Spotify. Yeah, they haven't been traditionally, so I'm actually surprised to see it there as well. Yeah, so, uh, but anyways, it's a great thing. Um, a lot of the songs... I, I tend to think have this theme of, uh, I don't know, ascension or, or, or looking up mm-hmm. in some ways. So you can kind of see that with a, with an album called Sunward Bound and, and whatnot. So it was interesting to try and think that because I, I always at least hope that there's a reason, you know, an album's called what it is and how it reflects the music on it. So I picked the, uh, the title track on it, which definitely makes sense why I would think, you know, it has some like ascending type, uh, idea behind it or concept behind the track um but definitely recommend listening to it now donnie mccoston's not on every track but uh he happened to be on this one and and even when he's not you know the trio sounds great together when they are playing yeah that's not heavy hitters man linda oh she plays with pat Matheny these days wow and uh rudy's played with everybody uh he's been on the scene for a long time so you definitely should know about them Oh, it, yeah, and it just shows that no matter how much you think you may know, there's always someone else who's killing yeah. that you haven't heard. This is true. Now, yeah. the next one is interesting. Renee Fleming, I see here. She's a an Eastman, an Eastman person, a famous, pretty famous in Rochester, where I grew up. So I was surprised to see uh, that you include this. Um, yeah, I actually included this because uh, I heard about it at first on a uh, like a social media post from Christian McBride. He's on uh, some of the tracks and him talking about how he was recording a, a video with her or something that day. And so I checked it out. Uh, it had the full album hasn't come out yet. Uh, this is just a single off of it where I guess she goes and does takes on Broadway tunes, you know? Um, and so she has like Carl Allen on, I think this track and Christian McBride on this track, but it also has like the BBC concert orchestra on some of this stuff, you know? Mm-hmm. And so this one is down the depths on the 94 from the musical red Hot and blue. Um, and it certainly has um, a more of a produced sound to it, I guess you could say. Like, it's a production, you can tell. You can definitely tell that it's a musical number. You know, not like how when someone will take um, a musical number and do it in like a, like a jazz setting or like a Sanders setting. Like, you can tell that it's meant to highlight how it may have sounded in the musical. But with adding in Christian into it and whatnot when he has more of an opportunity to, to fill in the space, it has that authentic Christian McBride, like I'm with my trio type playing to it. Um, so it's interesting to hear that balance and hear, hear the, uh, an influence of both worlds. I know sometimes people go back and listen to, you know, guys and dolls or whatever. And they're like, wow, this was really cheesy when it was with a musical. It's incredible where it is now. Um, sure. But it, it's a nice balance of the two. I'm excited to see the rest of the album. There's a lot of uh, classic pieces that they've that they've released instead of they're doing, and uh, it's cool to hear it with with uh, you know a more modern recording, but try to keep true to the whole musical produced Broadway type sound. Yeah, I'm sure it's 
going to be pretty – it has to be pretty um, over the top if you're going to get the BBC Orchestra and Chris McBride and Renee Fleming. Right. You know. The yeah, only I mean, one that's missing all, is Winton. Right. Yeah, right? <laughs> I mean there there's some names or something like that. Yeah, just a few. All right, we've reached the top three for this month. And uh, another guy – I feel bad. I keep saying that, oh, yeah, I know these people. But – played a concert with ben wendell and his seasons group before they recorded this record so it was cool to see that you included this yeah um this has been an actually uh an interesting experience how this one's come to um because when i first heard of the seasons projects you know it was that youtube series where he was playing duos with different people and he would write songs for people or something like that Mm -hmm. um so that was what the name ben wendell's seasons meant to me at first um, and then last year he came through with his season's band doing just like uh, they had played with you. Um, I think we had a couple different people as they had it going in and out of the tour. Um, but that was great because it was him taking now this quintet of guitar, tenor, piano, bass, drums and playing some of those same selections, but in, in a, now a full band, um, which was great to listen to. And this, the one I picked was uh, July out of what he's just released of two of them, um, which I think if I've done my research correctly was originally with Julian Lodge, mm. um, and who this one was written for. But what I'm now trying to figure out in whatnot is supposedly the inspiration for this new album he's releasing is not necessarily the duos, but instead it's all based off of Tchaikovsky's piano piece, the 12 seasons. Ah, that I where he wrote one for each month. So, um, if they're two different projects completely, let's change up the name a little bit. Cause, <laughs> but if not, you know, that's cool. Um, and it was great to go through and hear that because, you know, I, I don't know, I may be a nerd, but as soon as it says that, I try to pull up Tchaikovsky's July and, you know, listen to it a little bit um, and go back and whatnot. Um, but definitely recommend it. It's great. I'm, I'm really starting to get into this whole, um, you know, different bands that have taken some interpretations of some older music, like how the Bad Plus took, um, um, Right of Spring? Yes, Right of Spring, thanks. And and turned into a trio version and whatnot. So it's, it's really interesting. Um, and it's cool to see how he interpreted a solo piano piece for um, an entire group. And, you know, as I'm sure you know, and many people that are listening know, Ben Wendell is very good at exploiting the extremes, I feel, of sounds on the tenor sax, mm-hmm. but in a way that is not um, abrasive, which is really cool. Um, so it's very impressive, uh, very great to listen to. There's also a great NPR interview where they break them down and starts going between, um, one of Tchaikovsky's pieces and they talk about it and they, you know, give a clip bit or a little snip of uh, Ben Wendell's piece and talk about it. So if you guys really, uh, you know, if the listeners, if you guys really get into this, you can go check that out and see how it compares back to forth. Um, you know, like you can with. The Nutcracker Suite between Tchaikovsky and Ellington and, and whatnot, but it's a very cool uh, concept at least, and it's great to listen to. Awesome! Now this song and the next track is one of my favorite songs. Jazz. Oh, songs. it's a great yeah. song. Uh, uh, spring can really hang you up the most. It's great, um, and I don't know if you know her, Ariana. I don't. Nykerk. Yeah. Um, so evidently, uh, she's a University of Miami grad from I think 2015. Um, and my new roommate, you know, was amazed that I was listening to her because he played with her and whatnot. But in 2015, she won the Cervon uh, competition. Oh, okay. 
And so this was the album that I guess she got the, you know, the prize to make. And whatnot. It just came out. Um, she released a single, I think, a year ago. Um, but it's great. It really reminds me of, uh, you know, she, she sounds good, but it almost reminds me of this other vocalist that came out that's now working with Quincy Jones, uh, Nikki Yanofsky. Oh, sure, yeah. Um, when she was doing, she's kind of gotten more a little bit into, um, I, I don't know, I guess you could say popular songs. But when she, when she was singing Standards on one of her first albums, they kind of have similar sounds, in my opinion, at least. Um, but definitely recommend her for people that are looking for new vocalists. She also reminds me of, uh, oh, I can't remember her name. She was on last week's uh, uh, Surreal. Surreal. Mm-hmm. Uh, May? Mm-hmm. I think I'm pronouncing her last name correct. She reminds me of, of her sound a little bit, too, when she, she's singing some of the Sanders. So I definitely recommend um, for people that are trying to see some uh, new uh, female vocalists are starting to break into the scene and whatnot. It's it's very enjoyable to listen to. Great straight ahead, great band behind her. Um, I think people will definitely uh, enjoy that. Excellent. Uh, and our number one track for August. Well, I guess I guess I'm not sure whether to call it the September playlist or the August playlist, but it's the September playlist talking about August music. Number one track, Cyrus Chestnut. Yeah. Uh, so Cyrus Chestnut who I hope everyone knows, great pianist on uh, this record he released, Kaleidoscope. Um, it has Eric Wheeler playing bass and Chris Beck on drums. Um, and it was an interesting album because when I opened it up at first, um, I saw a lot of tunes that I had no idea what they were. Mm. Um, and he picks a lot of, of classical pieces on here and puts it in a, in a jazz trio format again, which I guess seems to be a theme of stuff that I picked. Um, for this month unintentionally. So he has that, he has like, you know, Turkish Rondo on here and everything else. And it just so happened that I picked darn that dream, which is one of my favorite standards. Um, and I love their interpretation of it. Um, but what's, you know, they have something on here for the, all the listeners. They even have a version of smoke on the water for Andrea. So, uh, which, you know, I certainly had to listen to that once I did, because it goes back to, you know, that's what every guitarist first learns. It's, the three notes that can't play the rest of it, you know, whatever. Um, but I think, I think people enjoy this. It brings a, uh, it certainly was not expected, um, from what I originally heard, but you know, Cyrus Chestnut first came up as a classical pianist. Um, to my understanding, it's very, has a very, um, hefty background in classical piano. So it makes sense that he's starting to explore or starting or at least releasing to my knowledge, um, this, this classical repertoire and, and putting his own, spin on it now with his with his appreciation and in love for jazz and whatnot yeah amazing yeah and i know cyrus has uh come through tallahassee a couple times right yeah yes he has i think he was last year uh gosh all the years are bleeding together two or three years ago Mm -hmm. um he did a master class real briefly so yeah it's weird to you know see someone while they're doing a master class and then listen to them on Spotify, you know, a couple of years later. It's the beauty of the music industry. It's a small world, especially the jazz world. Yeah. Yeah. It really is as, as large as we think it is. It's, it's not that big. Yeah, it's not. It really isn't. Amazing. Well, Alan, thanks so much for talking through these tunes. I'm uh, looking forward to checking some of them out that I haven't had the chance to listen to yet. Yeah, of course. uh, We'll catch you back here uh, next time. Yeah. 
So if you want to find that playlist, head over to Spotify, search for This Is Jazz Today, and you'll see all the things that we talked about here on the show. You'll also be able to check it out on the Outside of Music Facebook page and Instagram. I'm sure there will be something there about that as well. So thanks for being here. We'll be back in a month with another This Is Jazz Today update. And there's lots of great music coming out from our artists, Outside of Music artists, uh, this month, September 2018, and next month, October, and even into November before the holiday. Uh, And then we'll kind of shut down until after Christmas so people can enjoy some family holiday time. And then we'll be back with 2019. I can't believe we're already there. So Uh, I'm really looking forward to all the great music that's coming out in 2019, and we really thank you for listening. We'll catch you back here in just a week.